Unbeaten in five league games, lost once in 12. The Biscuit Men are really on a roll. It really does feel like the good times are slowly but surely coming back on the pitch here in Reading. Can we pull ourselves further away from the relegation quagmire this week? Who knows? But confidence is breeding amongst the fan base and, of course, the players and management themselves. Talking of confidence, we have hopefully a very not hungover Ross who went to a super plate party last night. Um, Ross, what what um, what beers were you drinking last night? Oh, I was drinking um, a Maine. There's a lot of good beer in Maine. It's called Oxbow Brewing Company, um, and it was just their farmhouse pale ale. I wasn't drinking super plate party is the right um, right phrase. I would say like it was more <laughs> that I was eating. So if I'm in any kind of hangover today, it's in a food hangover. You know, there were lots of good things. Uh, I made little quesadillas. There were sliders. There were uh, there was lots of good fruit. There were pizza muffins. There were meatball. Good stuff, guys. The Americans, you know, when they uh, when they meet up to to gather or whatever, they know how to do a spread. I'll say that much. Right, the eating and drinking is like the professional fandom, isn't it? Oh yeah, of, like, the sport time. itself. Do you know who um, Joey yeah. Chestnut is, Ben? Joey Chestnut. Yeah, Joey Chestnut. So Joey Chestnut is the champion of the hot dog eating contest. So every July, you know, July 4th comes around and the hot dog eating contest happens. You'll find a lot of people betting on whether Joey Chestnut is going to, you know, keep his record going for another year, basically. But that wasn't the kind of eating I was doing. I was enjoying my eating okay. last night. And a good game, too. So if anyone watched the Super Plate, I hope, you, uh, hope, you, I hope it was worth staying up for. Mm, well... Yeah, I I didn't. Um, we got we got a couple of questions on on sport in general later on in the mailbag actually, which is which is quite cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I did I did not stay up for it. I'm sure some of our listeners did, and fair play to you if you if you did and you enjoyed it. Um, talking of enjoyment, we are going to get into a very enjoyable uh, experience on Saturday, I have to say. But before we do that, we're going to say massive thanks as always to our super sponsors. ZCZ Films. I don't think they quite made the Super Bowl advert, but they were pretty close um, for us anyway. So uh, yeah, we were, we're very, very grateful for them as always and, and thank them for their support. So um, yeah, we, we're going to get into uh, we're gonna get into our own Super Bowl now. Actually, I've got to stop this, hasn't it? We can't, we can't. Right, yeah, no, that's, that's the last this. Super Bowl joke today. Don't um, worry, guys. That, that doesn't make sense, does it? No. It doesn't make uh, sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're just going to talk about Charlton. So we're going to have a, a very short break from our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about them. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films, Reading's oldest ultras. Already, um, 2-0 against the Addicts. Uh, Nathan Jones' new men, shall we say. Um, really, really positive result all round. Left the ground feeling very, very happy indeed. A um, lot of very happy people at, at full time, I have to say. And there was a lot of people kind of just sort of lingering after the game in a, in a really positive way. There was a lot of people in the in the hotel bar afterwards, I guess, because uh, Wales were playing England, which we won't talk about <laughs> at all because I don't want to go over that again. But, you know, it was a, a really, really, um, really enjoyable day all round. And that you know, for me, it massively contrast with the away game that we had back in October, which was oh, yeah. one of the most miserable experiences I've had in away days in, in recent years, really. Um, what what was, you know, apart from the fact we scored the two goals, two amazing goals from, from Femme de la Creme, which I'm hoping will catch on. Um, what, what, first of all, the reason for the 
for the win, Ross? What what was it built on on Saturday? Yeah, obviously when you have a win that comes from a, a brace uh, and a really nice brace from one player, um, you know, it can be tempting to say that you, you won that out of, uh, you know, too lucky or too low XG chances or whatever. But no, I thought the Reading were good value for this win. Um, they could have been, you know, a goal or two to the good. Uh, at the end of the first half um, and, and they didn't get their reward um, and then obviously surfed a small period of, of Charlton, you know, getting a few chances in the in the second half, but not really doing much. I thought that part of what got us the win today was Sellers knew exactly what Nathan Jones was going to do um, and he exploited it. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Yeardom as the game goes on, but Sellers spoke about the desire to get fullbacks inside um, in his post-game interview uh, on Saturday. And when you're playing a system like Nathan Jones's that uses, um, you know, the, the these wide um, wingbacks, uh, he, he always plays with three at the back, um, you know, using inverted um, fullbacks was a way for Reading to really like pull their marking out of shape and, and cause them issues. Uh, many, many times we were able to get Femi Aziz sort of running diagonally towards the box, which is what we want. It's his most dangerous position. So um, I think that there were some good individual performances out there uh, on, on Saturday. I thought Wing played really well. I thought Savage was good um, alongside Wing as well. Unlucky not to get an assist in the first half. But really, I do think a lot of this was down to Sellers' game plan. And obviously, he's got a little bit of a history with Nathan Jones. He was frozen out, kind of, uh, if the athletic is to be believed, by Nathan Jones at Southampton when he when he came in. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was Sellers kind of showing, I know more than you, mate, basically, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's... Uh... It, it looked on on paper sort of heading in this game to be a little bit of an iffy one because obviously Charlton have been in horrendous form. I, I don't think they've won in like 14 games or right. something. Um, and Nathan Jones obviously came in in the week and there's always that danger of... of uh, I, I don't like the phrase new manager bounce because I don't think it exists in terms of actually statistics. But, you know, in terms of galvanising the players and them potentially wanting to put on a show for him in terms of you know, demanding that they stay in the team, for example, then there there could have been a bit more of a challenge. But I I thought Charlton were were, were average to to bad in in, in most of the game. I yeah. think we certainly struggled in the first ten minutes of both halves. I think we we weren't quite there. You know, certainly first half and and definitely second half when we came out for the for the start of the the, the second period. Um, but you know, realistically, I, I, you know, looking from where I was sat, we never looked like we were going to lose the game. And actually, that's a that's a stark contrast to, to where we have mm-hmm. been in terms of thinking. Well, actually, if the opposition score first, there's no way we're getting back in the game, and it's gonna it's not going to be one; it's going to be two, three, or, or four, as as we saw in October at the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, you know, we could we could talk a lot about these individual players and. You know, we're, we're going to try and do our best to, to talk about them collectively. But th- there were a couple of players, really, that, you know, apart from Femi Aziz, who, who took his goals very, very well, um, have, have sort of not just stood out in, in the last few games, but over this period of time, really. And, and one of those players for me has been Andy Eardon, who, you know, we've, we've been up and down with him over the last, what, four or five yeah. years in terms of consistency yeah. and leadership style and, and all that sort of stuff. But actually, when you look at his kind of powerful, powerful performances over the last, what, two, three months, yeah, maybe? So. Maybe that's a bit far, maybe two months. 
he's he's almost like a new player. Um, what what was he doing on Saturday, Ross? That you thought, hold on a second, we've got you know we've got the original Andy Eard on back in. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, it is kind of like getting the original Andy Eard on back in terms of some of his um, attributes coming to the fore again. So obviously his dribbling um is getting used um quite a bit these days but um certainly as i kind of touched on a little bit um what we were doing with him more on on saturday was bringing him inside so you see femi actually hug the touchline on that right side um and then yeadom will dive inside so we saw this a few times um didn't always work out Obviously, a few times, Yadam, you know, you're trying to run into the middle of the park. That's going to be where there are more defenders. Um, it can be tricky to get out of there with the ball. So we did lose the ball a few times. But Reading, um, kind of going to what you were saying about being solid and not looking like losing the game, Reading had a really strong 3-2 rest defense um, on, on Saturday. So every time we would lose the ball with Yadam trying to run forward into the final third, um, often what you'd have would be Savage and Wing right behind him, you know, right around him there to collect the ball um, and to just hoover up a bunch of, you know, things that could turn into counterattacks, um, but instead are just nipped into the bud, nipped in the bud right away and able to be like recycled for another attack or something like that. Um, Yidon was actually found in the box um, by Wing at one point, but he, he couldn't quite control quick enough. But that again came from a point where he had drifted inside um you know and, and and gone instead of hugging the byline um and looking for that cross or that cutback like we've seen in previous years um he's instead going right inside i think this is a great way to use yadom's um abilities we've talked a little bit this season about how he doesn't quite quite have the legs that he used to anymore because he is you know over 30 now um obviously starting to head towards the tail end of his career but he's always been a player who's been very physically adept very fast very strong now um i think what we're seeing a lot more is that his dribbling ability uh, and his ability to shift the ball from one foot to the other quickly is really impressive so he might not be able to beat players for pace anymore or it may be that sellers feels that aziz is better for beating players for pace you know down the touchline um or, or down the wing um, but Yidon can still wriggle through one or two challenges in the middle really nicely. And that's taking players out of position um, and then a, and giving us a free man to pass to. So I think that with Abby now being gone, um, this is really important. We talked a little bit about on, on the tactical pod with Tom a while back about Yidon. Uh, maybe moving into central defense so that he could run out and replicate some of what Abby was doing. Um, but if he can do that by moving inside at the, in the right back position, that works too. You know, however we get to, um, however we get to having another dynamic option to build up, um, I think that's a good thing. So yeah, Yidom, you know, maybe still um, not quite fully as physical as he used to be and i think he has lost a bit of his legs to get up and down you know the wing um but for diving inside and, and having to beat players you know in smaller situations and smaller spaces i think he still suits that really well um and he's been doing that really well since the since the turn of the year for sure i mean it's ironic isn't it given that our defense from what the start of january to now is almost unrecognizable mm -hmm. really obviously Plan is a given, although we, you know, I think we're going to do well. Sandy Ross is going to do another tactical element on on David Button in terms of his all round goalkeeping abilities. Um, 
But, you know, you, you look at uh, Dorset, who's been swapped out for, for Mola in recent weeks. And we're going to talk about Mola in a minute, actually, yep. Ross. Uh, we lost Abby. Uh, we lost Holmes. We've had to, you know, shift players around. And we've got this situation where Mbengue's come in. And I was, you know, particularly, I was really scathing against uh, Mbengue in the game against Oxford on the last pod yep. we did, episode 369, which is still available, by the way, if you want to get into that. Um, you know, I, he, he, he had a great game on, on Saturday. But actually, when you look at the, the makeup of that defence over the last six games, we've conceded three goals against some pretty good yeah. sides. You know, one of those was a penalty against Leighton Orient. We played Oxford, uh, we played Charlton, uh, we played Derby, you know, we played Stevenage. And, and to concede three goals in six games with what is essentially a new defence is, is quite something, really. When you when you look at what we were doing, you know, prior to Christmas and, yeah. and maybe even just after that that festive period as well. Um, I mean, let's let's look at Mola before we move on to Mbengue. We're, you know, we're, we're going to concentrate on the defence as such because uh, Ross and I, or rather Ross and then I, tagged along, uh, put out a, a kind of a, a bonus pod, if you like. Although it's better in video format, yeah, isn't it, Ross? It's... But we talked a lot about the midfield last right. week. Dynamic bonus pod um, slash video. That's what it is. It's it's a inverted podcast. Yeah. And it, you know we we need to come up with a name for it. So if you've got any clean, pleasant, sensible suggestions, then just let us know because we'd love to we'd love to call it something really. Um, but anyway, I digress. Clinton Mola, you said a couple of weeks ago that you were here for his uh, redemption story. Not even a couple of weeks. Thingy. Just last week. Last week I was here. Right, well, it, it feels like it a couple does, of weeks, yeah. you know. Was it really? It was. Last no, week? this is wild, though, right? Like League One or lower league football for you, man. Like two games happen, like in the blink of an Great. eye. Like sort of, Oxford was only just over a week ago. It, it's wild how quickly things change. Of course, it and was. We, I'll, yeah. I'll go on to Mola. But, anyway, yeah. time time passes when you're having fun, and we are having fun. We love it. Um. Anyway, Clinton Mola. Why is he so good now? I don't know. Why, why is he the? Uh, Left back version of Cafu. <laughs> yeah, right. The Stuttgart Cafu. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, he, he okay. So Mola, yeah. So on Steve, uh, with Stevenage, I thought he was good. Right uh, on Tuesday night, um, and and at that point, I mentioned you know his team Clinton Mola redemption arc. I think he had a really interesting. And I'll leave it there. Start to the season, um, it, it didn't quite go his way, and there was a reason he wasn't in the team for for quite a long time. Um, but you know, he kind of seized his opportunity um, when he had to play right back. I actually think against Charlton in the Pizza Cup, um, and and since then he he's improved. He's gained more confidence. Um, I do still think that you know, with the ball at his feet, he's a little bit loose. Um, but most, you know, I would say for about a, a game and a half in the last week, um, he's helped us to both progress the ball and to just keep solid and defend set pieces. So he's a big dude. Um, even when he's not playing particularly well, he tends to win duels in the air. Um, he won more than 50% on, on Saturday. I did think that he came out in the second half uh, against Charlton on, on Saturday and 
was a bit mad again, needed to be substituted for, for Dorset. Um, but I also, I don't mind using squad players like this, by the way. I don't necessarily, like, I think Mola's playing pretty well now and he looks like a, a guy who could stay with the squad next season um, and, and be a decent, like, substitute or, or whatever. But mostly I just think it's good to have players available to give other players a rest. I think it's good that we've taken Jerry or Dorset and Michael Craig out of the team and we haven't missed a step. With, with, with our results or anything mm. like that we've just continued to plow forward basically um and again that speaks to building a team structure that anybody can understand that anybody can walk in to um and that comes down to sellers you know explaining how he wants his fullbacks to play how he wants his pivot to play all of these kinds of things um yeah, I, w- I would say that Mola has played pretty well. Um, mostly, he's just been a lot better than he was at the start of the season. Um, and I'm happy about that. Good for him. I mean, Mola was, was ridiculed by a lot of the fan base, at, you know, back in sort of September, October time. And he, he, he was, I mean, he was really, really bad. Yeah. You know, he, he was not looking good at all. And I, I always think with, with these players, if you, and this, you know, people will, will kind of dive in straight away and, and potentially turn this pod off straight away with what I'm about to say. Right. But I like um, particularly fullbacks that just go about their business and do, you know, get six, sevens on the board every single game. I forgot Clinton Mola was playing on Saturday. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's the kind of level that we were looking at. Until he got substituted, I didn't really notice the kind of the stuff that he was doing wrong. He was just kind of there. And, you know, Chris Gunter, for me, is a really good example of that. And I know, for whatever reason, a lot of our fan base absolutely hate him. But our our team has always had, you know, two or three of these what I call backbone players that stay fit, that play games, that don't do anything spectacular, that don't tend to do anything stupid and just turn up, play 90 minutes, go home. And Chris Gunter, for me, was that. Now, I'm not saying that Clinton Mola is at that level at all. I'm really not. You know, you don't play 100-plus times for your country if you're rubbish, okay? But actually, with with these players that we're looking at now, if we can continue over the years to get these players to a level where they're just churning out performances, they're just being consistent, they're just staying injury-free and moving forward, then I'm all for that because that's what we need. We need stability both, obviously, off the pitch, but um, on the pitch as well. And if Clinton Mola, and I might be getting carried away, you know, we're, we're loving it. We are loving this period of time at the moment. Team redemption arc. But if he can, yeah, if he can if he can do that regularly and and keep that level of consistently fair play. That said, I really like Dawson. Yeah. I, I think he's a great player. And, you know, the, the, the reasons that he wasn't playing massively well in, in previous games is because the rest of the team wasn't. You know, he needs that confidence. He needs those players in front of him that he can trust. And actually, when you've got a settled side and a settled formation, as we talked about sort of midweek last week, then that's that's going to be great for us. Um, last one I really want to talk about is in Bengo because obviously I was I, I took him apart last week on this pod because I thought it was absolutely rubbish, despite the positive result. Um, aside from his long throws and brand new hairdo, uh, what's he doing right, Ross? Um, what's he doing right? I think that it's interesting because... <sighs> What's he doing right? You know, it's funny, actually, I'll start by saying I think that Binden um, is doing, you know, almost the, the opposite job to what he was doing a few weeks ago. And now um, Benge is doing what Binden used to do in the defense, which would be to step out and be aggressive. Um, 
but I mean, he's providing he's providing some legs, um, certainly uh, in terms of like transitioning out of the defense. And Bengay has been pretty helpful. Obviously, he's pretty fast. He can play out a, at the right back spot, although he says he prefers playing um, in that center back spot. Um, I think just like physically, he's been he's been the best replacement for Abby so far. Um, he's certainly not got that kind of ability where with the Abby had, whereby he could use his pace to run onto like a through ball that had come through muscle, the, you know, the attacker out of the way um, and then, you know, clear it back out or, or, or get into the goalkeeper or, or turn around and run away or whatever. But what he is good at, um, I think he blocked, he blocked so many crosses on, on Saturday. Um, he's just very good at staying with his man um, because he is very fast and, and very agile. He can turn, you know, and change direction very quickly. So, Really, I just think that he's giving us that little bit of physical ability on the ground. Um, I think that Binden stepped up a lot in the air recently and, and has been a lot, lot better in that regard. But on the ground, and Bengay is the guy who's replacing um, Abby's defensive effort, I, I would say at the moment. So I, I wonder if he'll keep the spot for the rest of the season now because it, it's kind of difficult to take him out, especially with... You know, I know you said not to mention the long throws, but when you've got another asset or another, you know, weapon like that, it is kind of hard to see them taking him out of the team for now. So obviously we've got Mon Louis, um, you know, waiting on the bench or whatever, who can apparently play left-sided. Um, and maybe we'll see that again towards the end of the season. But um, yeah, at the moment, I don't really see much reason to take Mbengue out of the team. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it and you, you, you look at the defensive solidity that we're currently enjoying. And it, as I've said repeatedly through this pod, it is enjoyable. And you, you wonder how long it can continue. I mean, the games that we've got, you know, apart from Portsmouth and, and Derby away off the top of my head, they're, they're definitely winnable games. Yeah. And actually, you know, we've, we've got a winning side. We've got a side that's confident. There's, there's no reason to change them. So having these players and, and being able to bring these players through is is a real positive. And, you know, as, as we've always said, the goal is to be as on the beach as possible, yeah. at, at, you know, towards the start to, to middle of March at, at the earliest, really. Um, that, that would be fantastic. And then we've got an opportunity to try these players in different positions. I'm sure that if Monlery doesn't get a look in Arsenal, won't be... Well, I, I don't think they'll be massively happy. But again, they've done us a massive favour. Um, it will just be a shame for him if he can't get on. But we're, we're kind of a little way away from that, really. Yeah. Um, last thing, just to wrap up, Charlton, is is obviously um, uh, Kelvin Ehabitterman, who who I love. I think he's you know really, really positive in terms of the way that he's moving forward. Um, I think, actually, what we need to do now is just make sure that he can continue to flourish in that position. Um I think he's his to lose at the moment. I thought he was very good on Saturday as well. I thought he caused a lot of problems to the to the Charm defence when he was going forward, certainly. Um, so, uh, you know, he's another player that, that has been a little bit maligned in that kind of, that, you know, standalone role up front. But actually moving forward, it'd be great if he can even kick on with confidence. Um, that, that win sees us uh, up to 18th on 34 points, which is quite incredible, really. Dizzying. That's three points off the relegation Completely zone. Uh, this is obviously recorded prior to... Exactly, yeah, nosebleed yeah. stuff. Um, it's it's kind of recorded prior to the Fleetwood away game, which will happen tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, we are seventh in the form table 
over six games, which again is is testament to the players and of course to, to you know to the management team as well who have not had a good season. Um, you know, we, I, us, whatever, have been pretty critical of, of Ruben Sellers, but it, at the moment it's working and, and long may that continue because, as I said, we want stability. So we'll see where we go. Um, in our immediate future, Ross, we are going to head to the mailbag. So we're going to get into that now. There's a couple of little bits there, um, a few little announcements and stuff, and then we'll have a look at the preview after that. So stay tuned here on episode 370, and we will be back after this short break. Keep up to date with all things Reading FC. Follow the Tilehurst End on Facebook and Twitter. This podcast is proudly sponsored by ZCZ Films. Remember, if you want to get involved in sponsoring the show, drop us an email to thetilehurstend at gmail.com. Alrighty, welcome back to episode 370 of the Tilehurst End podcast. Um, we've got a few few bits and bobs to, to, to look at, really. Um, it's funny because you always tend to get more when we've been trash and actually right, like yeah. when we've done well, people are just like, we'll just sit back and and let you go for it. Um, Alistair, uh, Alistair, 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 die out. Fair play. Okay. Um, there's a few bits from him, but we'll start with the, uh, the most pressing of his questions. Okay. After the events of the Super Bowl, I've given you more of a light-hearted question. Thank you. What yeah. sport or event have you stayed up to watch for the longest or the earliest have you got up for a sporting event? Mm. Are you going to base this on you being in America or in... Uh, no, I can be, I can go international with it. I don't yeah, really well, know. I, I mean, like when I was in the UK, watching Super Bowls was particularly late. I think Alistair was uh, was one of the uh, guys who was up last night watching the game. I think I saw him tweeting a little bit there. So good for you. Yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the game. It was a really good one. Um, but um, do you know what I'm going to say, actually? I think it was actually be more in terms of, like, getting up early. Do you remember the, um, Korea and, uh, I think it was South Korea and Japan World Cup? Um, yeah. and that being on the other side of the planet obviously had some wild wake-up times. Um, I woke up really early here for the, the Lionesses final against Spain, um, earlier last year. So I guess one of those ones, I guess, when you get a tournament that's way off towards, you know, like Japan or Australia or something like that, um, that I'd say is is when I've woken up the earliest for a game. At the, the World Cup's good. So that was that was at 2002. So I was yeah. I was on study leave for that one. And I, okay. I think that's the only World Cup where I've watched every single game because they were they were all in the morning. Um, okay. So okay. I'd get up. What was I studying for? 2002. 2002 for me would have been A-levels. Were so, yeah, watching, so I would have got up. Were you watching England in that time? I guess is the question. Were you, were you but when David um, Seaman got chipped by Ronaldinho, were you upset? No, couldn't care less. Okay. I don't... I don't mind. I don't like. I don't have an issue with the England football team. I just don't support them. But no, like, that's fair. Yeah, if yeah, they yeah. Were, So if they were in a final, I'd be like, okay. Well, I mean, I, I you know watch it anyway. Any any sort of tournament football, I, right. I love. Um, England rugby. I actively want them to lose. Right. Right. Um, yeah. 
But England football, I'm like, no, nah, I don't. Shame how that works. And also, like from here, like with, with my son, he's like, "Oh, can we go and watch England football?" I was like, "Yeah." Like from from where we live here in Reading, like it's really easy to get to Wembley, so right, it's right. not um, it's, it's quite an accessible thing to do now. But yeah, like I, I remember watching it, but I was, I mean, I think Wonder. I had a Japan shirt for the tournament because they just okay, had like nice. absolutely amazing, simple Adidas yeah. Um, yeah. shirts. They still do have Adidas, but yeah, I was I was a big was Japan a fan for that one. For them, that was a great tournament too. I think Japan and South Korea went went pretty far yeah. in that tournament. David Seaman getting chipped by Ronaldinho is one of my formative football memories. So I was pretty young um, at that point. I remember having to go to school early that day, and we were all watching it in the yeah. it was like primary school or infant school or something. We were all watching it in the gym, um, you know, together on some tiny, you know, early two thousands television. We're all crammed. Yeah. Around um so i remember that for 98 because i think england i don't know why i remember england played tunisia i think it was okay. one of the first games in in 98 um and we we were in a class and this you know the, like i think it was dt like woodwork and yeah, uh, yeah. The teacher, like wheeled in the old vhs style tv and mm. was like right we're yeah, gonna yeah. watch the world cup and it's like yes get in yes there. here we go um, yeah. So, yeah yeah mm. good question alistair yeah Two seconds, mate. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Right, we're back. Yep. Um, so earliest for me would have been, so we had, there was a, uh, a Rugby World Cup. I feel like... 2013 maybe i don't know i get i always get these years wrong and it was in new zealand and wales played yeah. at like i think they played like half five in the morning or something so that would probably be the earliest i got up for a game um latest i would have stayed out it would have been wrestling yeah it, it would have yeah. been something wrestling related um I can't some of those go when. so long i don't know i don't really do any of the fighting sports and some of those seem to go forever like you're watching jimmy who cares in the in the early yeah. part uh, before you actually get to the fight that you paid for in the first place what was that massive one that the carl frock and um oh, God, he, uh was it I don't, who did he he wrestled at uh, Wembley stadium oh okay. and it was massive and i yeah, literally i was out with my mates and they were like right we're gonna go we're gonna go out and then we're gonna watch it back at the my mate lived in london and i, yeah, I literally yeah. the minute they came out i fell asleep i was like i can't cope with it right yeah, and i don't yeah. like boxing anyway um, too late. But yeah, too latest late. would have been probably when the wrestling was on Channel Four back in the day. Okay. Um, nice. and is that, that the that WCW days, or where, when is that? What 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 era of PlayStation One game are we talking? Uh, what when when wrestling was on Channel For Four? Wrestling, yeah, those are some great games where you can play as The Rock and give people the people. Um, it, it probably would have been like SmackDown or something. Okay. All right. It well, was. It was around. It was. It would have been around two thousand, two thousand and one when it was on Channel Four, and I used yep, to stay up yep. religiously and watch them. But now, like, nice. no chance. I want I, everyone to know. I don't. I don't watch too much wrestling myself. But we're. This is a pro wrestling podcast. We're team. Whatever Ben wants to talk about wrestling wise is fine. <laughs> I just chuck it in there. I love yeah, wrestling. Yeah. I always love wrestling. Yeah, but no, um, I, I. I respect wrestling. Is what I would say. This is a pro wrestling podcast. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, that would have been like now. You'd be lucky to get me out past 
half past nine to be honest with you yeah, Honestly, yeah. it was quite funny thing. last night actually when the uh the you know the super bowl and the excitement of the super bowl and the uh the halftime show and the food and all that kind of stuff runs headfirst into Sunday evening. Um, normally about, it's normally, it was about 10 seconds after Usher left the stage last night, you know, everyone suddenly goes, you know what? I'm a little bit tired. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't believe Usher no, did it. I mean, I know we are literally waffling about anything else to do with Reading Football Club here, but like the fact that Usher was there, I just find great. that meant like you, these it people could great. do nothing for years, right? Yeah. Nothing. And they go, can you, uh, can you come out and just sing a few songs at like one of the biggest games of yeah. the year at half yeah. time? Is that all right? Like, yeah, great. I don't Who think wants? Rihanna has been seen for like five years before or after her uh, halftime performance. Usher yeah. was good, by the way. Ludacris came out. Ludic- so. Ludacris, right? What's Pretty going exciting. on there? He's not been like, seen for years. I know. It, well, he actually has been seen a bunch of it. I can't think of him as anything other than the Fast and Furious Ludacris now. Anyway, I really am just waffling about nothing. Yeah. So let's move on. Final point of waffling. Did you see The Undertaker gave the trophy at the... I did. Uh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's football he, related at least. He, honestly, like it, the money for that must have been ludicrous because I know, like, yeah. he, he doesn't, tired, he doesn't right? leave the house for nothing. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. So, yeah. I like yeah. him. He seems like anyway, a nice guy. Oh, he's, oh, he's superb. I love him. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's talk about uh, Reading Football Club on a Reading Football Club podcast. Um, Green Stalk. Green stalk, yeah. What's really great about this person is that their their profile picture is a cartoon cat with a tie, nice. which okay. I have a yeah. lot of respect for. Actually, I like that. Yeah, you like that. Um, they're they're kind of just building on what we said. Really, I think Yids has been great recently. A big part of our control of the match against Charlton was that we found him and Mola in huge amounts of space so often, and of course, defensively excellent as well. Um, do you think they can chip in with a few assists, Ross, or is that? sort of be on their remit currently in this team. I'm sorry, who's chipping in with assists? Not The Undertaker. No, y- Yids and Mola. Yids and Mola. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually think, um, look out for Yid on to score two or three goals before the end of the season. Because like I say, there was a point whereby um, the ball was sprung to him in the box by wing. Um, and I don't think Yidam quite realized how good of a position he was in um, and, and unfortunately couldn't quite uh, control it in the way that um, he would need to, to be able to, you know, turn and shoot. But I actually think, yes, you might get some assists out of Yidam before the end of the season because, of course, he's got that in his toolkit. But look out for some goals. I, I reckon Yidam, you know, he's hit the post and, and gone close a few other times in the in recent months. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Yidam wins us a game soon. Still there? I can hear you now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Just go whenever you're ready. I just finished up my Yidam point. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that they're capable of it. I, I, I just feel this team's got a lot more to give. And actually, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've been quite good at, at sharing around the goals. I think um, there's someone, I think it might have been Jamin, put up a, a post of, of all, the, all the way that the players... Oh, have yeah, that's a good point. Around. That's a good and point. Actually, and actually, well, yeah, I was just going to say, Ben, that that actually is something whereby I was like, that is good. It's great that we're sharing the goals around. Um, but another a player, like we talked a bit about Sam Smith being off the boil a bit and 
it's good to see Aziz get some goals um, this weekend. But if we had another player sort of go on a run between now and the end of the season, we're fine. Jobs are good. And, you know, like we do, if we have one star player step up and score, you know, two or three goals from low XG situations or, or just pull a goal out of nowhere, basically, um, that'll help, obviously. I thought just digressing a little bit with Smith. I, I thought he had a good game on, on Saturday, actually. I, I thought agree. he made himself very, very useful at the top there. Um, yep. Finishing-wise, he looks like a player who hasn't scored in eight games now, and, and really yeah. that's the key. Um, you know, obviously, scoring goals and, and you don't stop, but, like, actually with him, he was he was getting far better positions, I thought, on, on Saturday. And yep. he just needs that goal. He deserves that goal. Like, he for me, he's, he's one of the first on a team sheet, regardless of whether he's scoring goals or not. But I think... I think he'll score tomorrow night against against Fleetwood. I think this t- tomorrow is his game, basically. So, fingers crossed for that one. Um, Andy Taylor, another defensive one, really. Thought Bindon was excellent yesterday. Uh, really coming into his own after perhaps being in the shadow of Abbey and Holmes for a while. Aziz was brilliant, and hopefully we can keep him and others if the sale goes through. If not, then who knows where we'll be next season. Um, do you... I mean, talking that one generally... Do you do you think now with the results coming and the way that the, the side is, or the squad rather, is becoming a lot more settled, do you think these players are kind of going to be a little bit more happier to stay and try and, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sticking my neck out here on what, the 12th of February. I think we'll stay up. I, I don't mm-hmm. think we'll get relegated this season, which leads me to the next, or the, or the main point of, of what Andy said, is that, you know, do you think these players are going to want to buy into the project for next season to try and kick up the league a little bit more, or do you still think we're very, very vulnerable to, um, you know, our, our our kind of big fish leaving the pond, basically? No, I think that um, if we so let's say that we get to the end of the season, we get a takeover done right before the summer or right around that sort of time. Um, I think that we should be able to convince you know Aziz to stay. Um, because I think it's a, like it's the difference between right now we could sell him to a decent championship club, sure, and he could muck about in those, you know, on the bench for them for a couple of years before eventually ending up back in League One. Or he could spend another season with us playing in a system that is working for him, is getting him, you know, numbers uh and and perhaps be closer to getting like a premier league move or, or a top five move um in, in a season or two depends on how he you know how he thinks that this part of his career is meant to go and whether he wants to play games right now or whether he wants to be in a, in a higher end environment but it seems to me that he wants to play um i think that you know we're going to be quite an attractive proposition for most people to stay, I think, again, if we get that takeover done, because we're going to have a, a manager who's instilled, you know, there is an atmosphere around the club right now. Um, and even when we're changing like formations and things as a way of playing, you know, with the sort of mid block and the, um, you know, lots of energy around trying to win the ball back quickly. Um, if, if we do lose it, I think that there's something that players can can believe in there. Um, and I think the the stature of club that we are in this division means that we're not going to be suffering from, you know, getting picked apart by Portsmouth or Derby or Bolton or whatever next season. I don't think. I think that we're going to be in the, that ballpark, you know, financially and, um, I mean, hopefully competitively as well. Um, so... 
yeah, no, I, I think that there's a project building here. If we, and you talked a little bit about February being, you know, we've got, apart from Portsmouth, we've got some weaker teams to play in inverted commas. Um, and if we can really kick on, we could be well, well clear of the relegation zone by the end of this month and, and really build some confidence um, in the, you know, in how the team plays. So um, I think it's exciting, actually. I think there's, again, everything comes down to getting the, the takeover done because it's difficult to say anything is fully fine until that is taken care of. But I think that as long as you keep sellers for next season, in my opinion, there's a project here um, that you can build on, that you can recruit on top of. There's a solid foundation here. I think it's interesting when you look at the players that did leave in January. I mean, you know, Abby was was a given, I think, in terms of the way that he was performing and, and the kind of potential there. Still not really sure about the choice of team, if I'm honest, but I, I don't really want to go into how, how Nottingham Forest are conducting their business and what they're trying to bounce around, really. Um, you know, from a financial point of view, I guess McIntyre made sense. But, you know, to, to go to, uh, you know, what was essentially the, the top team in the league at that time was seemed like a strange signing from from their point of view as well. And obviously Holmes, you know, obviously has been loaned back to us, but in theory could be starting in the Premier League next season. And he wouldn't have, you know, certainly with the two Toms, you wouldn't have said that they were like the biggest assets we had. So it's, when you look at that transfer window as a whole, yeah, no, I mean, how many assets, well, just thinking though, Ben, how many assets did we have, really? Well, yeah, but again, it, they're confidence players, aren't they? You look at Charlie Savage now and you think, well, actually, do you know what? He's come back into the to the team. He's been playing really, really well. Lewis Wing shouldn't be in League One level, I don't think at all, right. really. Aziz, obviously, if he keeps scoring goals and and, and playing consistently well, then you, you, you probably look at him having his his kind of you know moment in the sun. Uh, and and the one for me is Tyler Bindham, Really, I think he's absolutely phenomenal. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I think every game he gets better, whether we win, lose or draw, he I just agree. makes consistently good decisions. And actually, I know you've championed him right from the start and you know, sort of tried to back you up with that, but he, he is a really phenomenal player. Um, it is remarkable. He's come from, from literal obscurity, really. Yeah, no, he was playing LAFC like two, like uh, US Academy football last season, which is like, it's a good level. Don't get me wrong, guys, but I have played with players who have played in that division. Okay, so it's not like, it's not a super high, high, high level. Um, but yeah, no, Binden has just been... Uh, can you nice can you not show off, please? We've all, we've all done pretty well in the game. <laughs> yeah. like I've, I did about five seasons at Prospect Park. So do you want to just chill out? Yeah. No, I mean that they showed up. You know, I don't mean that I deserve to play with them at all. Don't worry about it. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, like <laughs> it, it was good for good of Abby to um, put on that distracting performance for the rest of the or for the uh, first half of the season, wasn't it? So that nobody nicked Binden from us in uh, in January. Because if we'd lost Binden and Abby and Holmes and McIntyre. Um, you know, then I think we'd be in a little bit of trouble. I'm not sure we can play Amadou and Benge twice at centre back. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been horrendous, wouldn't it? Really, Un- unthinkable right. times in RGT. Um, yeah. Right, last one. Then I kind of had a bit of fun with this because we, you know, we we kind of didn't really. Well, we did communicate. I think I told Ross we were going to do Monday, and then he had plans to go to some, you know, Super Bowl thingy which he did so anyway short story we didn't do the pod on sunday like we were planning to or not planning to or whatever and then i was like well let's just chuck something else in in terms of asking people and i said if uh reading fc were an nfl team 
who would they be and why? And on top of that, uh, if we were an American food, what would we be and why? Um, and this one's really come from like our, our kind of TTE Towers group, really. Uh, Wimby, uh, Lord bless him, uh, has said Cincinnati Bengals. Been to the Super Bowl three times, but never win it. Occasionally pop onto the radar, only to fade back into relative obscurity. Um, I thought it was quite a good question from me for once, actually. Have you? Did you think about this in terms of if we were an NFL team, what would we be? Good, good question. Oh, man. Um, the Detroit Lions, because they're Lions. I was literally trying to think of something that I could come up with in 10 seconds. I can't think of anything from a like tactical perspective or anything. They're very different games. Um, yeah, let's go with the Detroit Lions, because they're Lions as well, basically. Oh, and they've got, they're um, from Motor City, and we've got Select Car Leasing on the front of our shirts. So there's another link. Oh, there you go. that's good. You've pulled, yeah, I was like, don't don't go down the line. And they play in lazy. blue. And they play in blue. Yeah. So that's, yeah that's good. Um, yeah, that's not, that's not, that's quite a good link, actually. Lions and Motors. Um, I, I fought my team, Minnesota Vikings, because they've never been to the Super Bowl. But then what what would be football's equivalent of the Super Bowl? That's the actually Champions not a bad one. <laughs> or like, were, yeah, the yeah. Cup final, potentially. I don't know. Like, I think it's what, the World what, Cup final is the equivalent of the Super well, Bowl. Well, yeah. Well, that's impossible, isn't it? But, but Don't ruin no the question, Ross. The, the premise was there. It was good. Sorry. I'm just shocked Sorry. we didn't get any more bites on it. Because yeah. I was expecting someone to go, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars, because they've sold their soul or whatever i don't know but yeah yeah um, uh, yeah yeah the jaguars anyway always makes me laugh that's the main thing my reckon, family reckon, it, would, it wouldn't be the jaguars would it it wouldn't be the jaguars jaguar they're jaguars mm-hmm. man come on should we go should we just go the lines then should we just yeah, say let's that? Go the lines let's go the lines and let's go into the preview yeah all right we'll just shut up about american stuff yeah now. Um, <laughs> here's here's the preview There's another huge game ahead for the Royals. So be loud and be proud for the Big Match Preview. All right, so before we get into the mailbag today, uh, I just want to remind everybody of uh, something that's going on this weekend. So you may remember uh, we spoke about Maddox. Uh, He's the 15-year-old Reading fan uh, who's going to be running the 65 miles uh, from the Select Car Leasing Stadium overnight to Fratton Park in time uh, for the 3 o'clock kickoff against Portsmouth on Saturday. So um, it's obviously a a fantastic undertaking. Um, He's doing this to raise awareness of of Reading's situation, but also also to raise uh, funds for um, an expedition to Peru um, later on in the year. So um, if you want to donate to that, um, we'll post the GoFundMe link after this episode. And yeah, get on that if you're interested. Right, Fleetwood Town, the Cod Army, uh, currently sat in 23rd place on 25 points. Um, Not a good season for them at all, really. Uh, They're 16th in the form table over the last six games. Uh, being respectful, they're only looking one way at the moment and uh, they're not looking our way, basically. Um, Going to be a tricky one because they are fighting for survival uh, up there, down there. Well, they're, they're up there geographically. Where is Fleetwood Town, actually? That's something I don't know. It's miles up. away. Honestly, uh, it's miles away. It's so you like, won't be going away? Uh, well, hold on. You start talking about what you think we're going to do and then I'll, I will 
definitely find out where Fleetwood physically All right. is. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Quick mention first to say that uh, Charlie Adam is the Fleetwood Town manager right now. So that's kind of interesting. Obviously, a return to, uh, well, not a return to the Medeski for him, but um, at least getting to play against or, or manage against one of his old clubs. So that's, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, Fleetwood having uh, a bit of a rough season. Obviously, they, they had a decent season in League One last year, um, made it to, to mid-table. Um, but but this year they've been down there the the whole time really. Um, obviously, they they have actually had um, two wins in their last three, so they've had two um, pretty good results for them. Um, but one of them was against Port Vale, who have obviously been dropping like a stone as well. Um, and and one of those was against a, a ten men of Bristol Rovers, basically, who have been having a bit of a a bit of a up and down time of it themselves. So um, it, I, I think it's going to be a tricky game. I think another low scoring game is pretty likely. And I would say a one, one or a one nil um, isn't unlikely at all. Um, I do think we kind of, we're a little bit grease in tournaments right now. We do stink up games a little bit um, in that we're very solid defensively with that rest defense that I talked about earlier, and that we block up the middle of the field um, and, and really prevent counterattacks very, very well. Um, but we don't score a whole lot either. So, um, yeah, it could be a little bit of a stinker. It might be a 1-0 or a 1-1. Um, but I, I'd take that. But I'm sitting at home, you know, and watching it in the in the warmth of my office with a cup of coffee. Um, if you have to travel, maybe a 1-0 or a 1-1 isn't quite what you want. How far will they have to travel, Ben? Have you worked that out now? I mean, it's... <sighs> So it's north of Blackpool. Okay. But it's it's basically like when you, if you're looking as, if you're like a bird and you're looking down on okay. the United Kingdom, as you do with any map, really, it's like are nice. to the left. It, it's like on right on the left-hand side and it's literally just in the sea, effectively. Okay. And then when, when you, yeah, when you look at it, there's like, um, there's a huge river mouth, the river wire. Okay. It just looks huge on this map. Um, Sounds like a nice trip, you know. Yeah, you it's got a beach. Good areas. But it's it's almost like it's like a self-contained outpost looking on this map. Um, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, listen, fair, if you're going up there, fair play. I think it's about 500 tickets sold. Um, tickets go off sale, I think, 10.30 tomorrow. So today, if you listen to this on Tuesday. Um, it is on Royals TV as well for the princely sum of, of £10. But crikey that's it doesn't look like a very big place either no i don't think it is it's about the size of the town that i grew up in and i always say that's a you know a small town so hey good for them having a a team this has been my favorite part of league one by the way is visiting new teams and new stadiums and things like that i enjoy you know traveling around the country watching football when i'm home and got to go to cheltenham while i was back last time and i'm sure fleetwood will be a you know, I'm sure you could just go up and down on the motorway and just do the services or whatever and see nothing of that much interest. But I'm sure it could be a fun trip. Who knows? Please, can you can you just if like I'm going to I mean, I hope Ross does this when he leaves this uh, pod now. But if you are listening to this and you don't know where Fleetwood is, can you just please look at it? Because it's sort of it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit like it. It literally is like its own sort of island. But as part of land honestly it just looks so odd 
And I'm sure it's, it's lovely. I'm not yeah. disrespecting Fleetwood as a place, but like, it just looks so strange. Yeah. I don't even know yeah. where the football ground is either. Oh, I do. It's right in the middle. Honestly, is it, it looks like, you know, when you were, you were a kid, well, I say a kid, I still do it, but you make like Lego towns, like models yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It looks like that. Honestly, it's weird. At least they have four stands, though. Well, yeah, it has. Well, I think so. It's better than Oxford. <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. Anyway, we're uh, just, it's we're the just first time, rubbish. by the way. Just a, another quick factoid. Uh, it's the first time uh, that we've that we've ever played at Highbury. So, so that's kind of interesting. I don't know if we ever played. I don't think we ever played at Highbury uh, against Arsenal, right? In the Premier League, they moved we on did. to the Emirates. We did. Okay, okay. No, we played them in the we played them in the the League Cup. Um, in the promotion okay, winning okay. season, we played them um, at Highbury. Nice, nice. Okay, all right. Well, then this is the first time we're playing at the other Highbury. Um, in the league. I thought I might have uncovered something there, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, look, it's it, it's a winnable game for us. Let's hope we can pick yeah. up the three points. Um, final final question on, on that one. Do you think he will stick with a unchanged eleven? I hope so. I mean, like, I think the, like, like we talked about on the bonus part, I think four two three one is the way to go for the rest of the season. I think that there's an argument that it occasionally produces games in which we are defensively less solid. Um, but I think that that's always going to happen when you're transitioning from one formation to another. I am. Um, and I, and I think the this weekend's performance against Charlton, um, that's the standard now. For, for the end of the season not that we played incredibly or anything like that um but we used that formation very effectively um both defensively you know and and in the attack we deserved goals before femi eventually um sort of you know took his chances so yeah i hope we keep the same squad i, I don't have an issue with keeping dorset and, and craig out for now i think that they're young players and you know, having a little bit of time to watch from the sidelines is as much part of their development um, as actually playing in the games, I, I think, at this stage, especially when they've already played for large stretches of the season. Um, I, I think that having a little bit of time out um, is, is never necessarily a, a bad thing. Um, so, yeah, I'd go with an unchanged lineup and I'd go up there looking for a win um, for sure. But you come home with a with a draw, you keep that unbeaten record going. And I, I, I think that's fine. Um, but it would be nice to kick on and get a win. Yeah, well, I mean, the beauty of this week, you know, beating Stevenage or this past week, rather. Well, in fact, the whole week, you know, uh, draw, draw against Oxford, uh, beating Stevenage which we haven't really talked about at all in this pod, actually, but it seems so long ago. Um, and beating Charlton has, has given us kind of breathing space that we probably yeah. would have looked at that sort of two, three weeks ago and gone, we'd be lucky to get sort of, you know, two or three points out of it. Well, Ben, we said, so, at the, uh, we said in last week's pod, if we get six points out of the two games from the last week, so Stevenage um, and Charlton, that's going to completely change the complexion of the season moving forward. Mm. Um and I think it has, you know, I think being able now to build in this month um, from a position not already in the relegation zone uh, is huge. So really, really great week for, for Reading Football Club. Well, that, that game against Fleetwood uh, is followed up by a visit to uh, Portsmouth, which is uh, a little bit closer than Fleetwood, a little bit bigger and a little bit more intense in terms of atmosphere and everything else. You know, they're, they're currently very, very... Uh, healthily placed, should we say, in the league. So we'll we'll see how we get on with that one. And then, of course, we're back round to the Stad Dimadeski 
uh, on Tuesday with that rearranged game against Port Vale on the 20th. Um, that just about wraps us up really for this uh, episode 370 of the Talhassan podcast. Uh, if you've got this far through our waffle about food and uh, American sports and Usher and Fleetwood and all the other nonsense that we've, you know, prattled on about today, then congratulations. You've earned yourself. Yeah. Um, what have you earned yourself? I don't know. Uh, you've Next earned yourself show. one. It's a progressive listen. That's what you've earned yourself. Good job, guys. You're yes, on the set. I like that. That's that's much better than me calling it complete rubbish. So yeah, progressive listen. We'll go with that one. Um, nice. Ross, have a really good week. Um, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the game Thank tomorrow. You. And uh, we'll be back next week. It's going to be our 30th show next week, or at least the 30th show that either you and I have been involved with as co-hosts. That's pretty crazy, right? It's pretty exciting. And I think right around the time that we'll get to 50, we'll be getting towards the 400th episode of the (gasps) podcast later this year. So we'll have to think of something fun for that. So imagine the pretty ideas, listeners. Let us know what you'd like to see from TTE Towers. Yeah, well, um, yeah, we'll, we always want to take um, you know advice from you guys because ultimately it's your pod. We just we're just the idiots with with microphones. So uh, yeah, um, have a good week. Thanks, Ross. All the best. Thank you. Uh, safe travels to Fleetwood and Portsmouth if you're going. We'll see you next week. Come on, you arts. <laughs>